You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. This podcast is sponsored by Gong. Gong empowers your entire go-to-market organization by operationalizing your most valuable asset, your customer interactions. Transform your organization into a revenue machine by unlocking reality and helping your people reach their full potential. Get started now at gong.io. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurelien Mottier, and I'm here today with Nadia Milanin, VP Marketing at Proposify. How are you doing today, Nadia? I'm doing great, Ray. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. So today we will be talking about B2B marketing in a recession. Well, we don't know if we're in a recession yet, but we're, we're planning ahead just in case. And, and what are the strategies to accelerate growth when the markets are becoming a little bit slower? But before we get started, what would be wonderful, Nadia, is if you could introduce yourself and also the company you represent at the moment called Proposify. Amazing. So I'm Nadia Milani. I'm VP of Marketing at Proposify. We are a proposal software solution. So what that means is think about when you send out a PDF of a proposal, a sales proposal, we help automate that and we help bring in, uh, insights into that process. So you can see how many proposals you've been sending out, who's been viewing them, and it really helps companies gain control and insight into the proposal process. We uh, sell mostly to sales teams, but we also sell to sales ops. Uh, professionals and uh, marketing professionals are also in that bucket. And what's really great about our business, um, specifically in a recession, is that we are not segment or category exclusive. So we don't we don't sell to only one specific industry. We sell to many different industries. So that I think that helps in a recession. Speaking about the recession or, or downturn in the the economy, well, one of the one of the things that we've seen. Uh, with COVID, which is slightly different. It's more like a pandemic. We had a bit of everything over the last few years, uh, but we saw the marketing budget being probably some of the first budget to be cut uh, alongside some redundancies. With you being a marketing professional, I'd like to understand what are your thoughts on that. Do you think we should cut marketing budget when things are tough or times are difficult? Yeah, Ray, you know what? It's it's not an easy answer. I think uh, it depends on many factors. Um, so it depends on what, what industries you're selling to. So if you're only like one industry and you're selling to sales tech right now, for example, and they're not growing, I think certain companies are going to have to make certain decisions. Um, so I don't think this is like a, an answer for every single company. But um, I certainly think that overall, uh, there's a lot of research that supports this. And even if you're on LinkedIn at all, there's been a lot coming up in, in um, recessions and what to do with marketing budgets. Most companies in previous recessions who kept spending marketing or kept spending and had marketing budgets were able to get ahead of it after the recession was over because recessions are cyclical, right? So they're not forever. They happen for a certain period of time. So if you are a company that continues to do marketing and continues to create demand or try to during that time, the demand will obviously be as much, but you will get ahead of the competitors who do not do any marketing during that time. Um, so I do believe that marketing budgets should not be significantly cut and I do think that companies who continue to be smart about their marketing strategies and continue to have that marketing budget will finish first at the end uh, of the of the recession and when we come out of it. I think it could not make more sense. The the in fact one of the things we've seen 
during COVID, we, we made the decision to carry on having good conversation and having good marketing and sharing information about what we were seeing, how the, how the strategy have to change why, when time are a little bit different. And through this conversation, we are not really trying to sell, but we are trying to help. And funnily enough, as soon as things got back to normal, well, guess what? We had lots of wonderful ringing, basically, because you've been helping people when the time were tough. That's than stopping the communication because they can't buy your stuff. You can't be more right with, with, with your answer. So, so speaking about best practices now, right? So you may carry on, but you probably need to be a little bit smarter or at least you need to adapt what you are doing from a marketing perspective to still be relevant and address people I guess in the right way, because you've got to be conscious of, of, of things changing. And, and I also agree with what you are saying. It could be different from one industry to another industry. How would you at Propotify adapt your, your, your marketing strategy? Do you have any best practices in mind already or things that you would do? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a really good question. And it's something that we've been thinking a lot about is that what can we do? And, and there's, there's really a lot that you can do when things slow down and it's actually a really great opportunity to reevaluate what we've been doing uh, as a marketing team um, or as as an organization but like you really touched on something that's that's really good uh, ray you had mentioned it's important to keep addressing the needs of your customer right so it's understanding what are your customers going through so even if they're not ready to buy today when they are ready to buy tomorrow or after the recession is over, you will come top of mind because you are that brand that has continued to have meaningful conversations. So it's really understanding what are they going through. And the only way you can do that is to conduct actual customer discussions and interviews. So there's a few ways that you can do that. You can either create, if you have a customer advocacy group already within your organization, you can reach out to a current customer base to understand like, you know, what, what is happening? How well, how have, you know, for us, it would be the, the proposal process. How has that changed during, you know, this particular time? Has have proposals, has it been more meaningful to your, to your sales team? Um, you know, have you grown your sales team? Some people will try to grow their sales team, decrease other areas because sales becomes even that much more important and they want to build more efficiency. So it's understanding like what's happening with your the customer and creating content that, meets them where they are um, and, and addressing those pain points. So it's a really great opportunity to evaluate, okay, what are our content pieces? What are our, what's our content strategy? What has to change and what's more meaningful right now? Um, so that's, that's one thing that you can do. So really talk, speak to your customers, understand what, what they're looking for or what, what needs have changed and build content assets that are relevant to them. Either it's a blog post or it's like podcast interviews like this with, with people in the industry. Yeah. Um, that you you speak to that you, that's within your ICP and creating um, either the, the podcast interview or blog post or creating you know a white paper if if required. So it's that, but it's also a really great opportunity to you know if if you are thinking about reducing budget or marketing budget, there's other areas where you can find efficiencies and reduce budget. It's not only the demand gen budget, it's not only the marketing budget. It's a good opportunity just to look at tech overall, like what is your tech stack and what are the key, what are platforms and 
technologies that really matter to your business. So it is a good time to evaluate that. Uh, and if you are a company who is looking at building on their sales team, so things like Proposify may help the tech stack and help build sales efficiency. So I think the tech stack is a really good, great place to look at during this this time and where what what should we use and what maybe doesn't have as much relevancy right now. I think also figuring out like process improvements, just simply like, how are we operating and does, does it really work and how can we be very very clean on execution. So from a marketing perspective, it's like, well, how are MQL to SLA conversions these days? Like, how is, how is that working? And are there any processes that we can improve on? Like, can we have more alignment with our BDR team, for example? So where, you know, our speed to leads better, our SLA numbers are just like really being, um, we're, we're just crushing it. So th those are, I mean, there's, I, there's a number of things you can do, but those are just like top, of my mind of things that we you can pause you can potentially work on and additionally like even seo like looking at like just better content um as well that would just ties up back to them content marketing strategy sorry ray i'm like going off on a tangent here but i just feel like these types of downturns downturns are really great times to just reset as not only a marketing team but also as as a company so I think that, you know, we, we all want growth and, you know, for many years we've had growth at all costs and, you know, things have been going great and tech industries have been in the, in the stars of the show and we're seeing that flatten out, but it's, it's always a great opportunity as an executive, as a team to just start thinking, how can we do better? What are the things that we are going well that we can double down on? So it's, it's, I don't think it's such a, you know, people always think it's dire doom and gloom story. We're heading into recession. Oh my gosh, let's all worry and like, you know, our anxiety runs high. But I really think that you can position yourself so well that you become a leader um, at the end of it and you come out even stronger as a team, as a marketing team and as a company. So I think it's really important to use this opportunity to do just that. Yeah, I think it's a great time to test the resilience of sales and marketing. And, and we see it, you know, we, we, I'm sure you've heard about it, but there was a little bit of burnout from CMOs and CROs towards the end of, of the pandemic, towards the end of COVID, because I think everybody was getting a little bit under pressure. And, right. and everybody focused on the, you know, what, what, what I like about your answer, and I know you're saying that you are getting on, but I think it's, 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 it was a good answer, is that your answer was very much focused on the process versus mm -hmm. the results. And I think focusing on the process sometimes is what people forget, okay? Uh, and coming back to the point that I was making earlier on, you could still try to make sense and be like cutthroats when things are a bit tougher because, you know, you do whatever you want, I guess, in a, from a sales team organization. But if you actually turn the things around and start to have conversation, try to understand how you could help, what's happening in the organization, what does, it, what does that mean for them, what does that mean for their investment, show a little bit of emotional intelligence, you actually build up a little bit, probably a better report. Um, right. And then you can, if, if you... Or what we've seen, and we, we were doing what we do, which is lead generation in 2008 and 2010 as well, when we also had some tough time there. And we actually ended up doing well. And the only thing that we had to do back then, because it was pretty bad and most of our clients were startup, was to shorten the length of our contract. So we had to do some changes in the way we were engaging with our clients. So we are more flexible for them to come in and use the service and come out if they, if they didn't need to. But... The reality is that in recession, you probably need more pipeline, never. So if, you're, if you need 4x in a tougher environment, in a tougher market, you probably need 6x. You need to make that effort. But often I think 
the bad habits that we see, let's put it that way, are very focused on results, 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 results. We want people that are ready to buy now because times are tough. When actually you should probably do the opposite of saying, well, we, know, we want to have good conversation now because we know that this will be resulting in, um, in success in the future when, when times are better. Now, I guess my question to you as was listening to your, to your answer to my previous question, do you think the engagement model between sales and marketing needs to change when times are a little bit more difficult? So would you, would the KPIs change? Would the engagement role change? Or, or, or do you think it should remain exactly the same in terms of what's the role of marketing and sales working together? I hate this answer. <laughs> um, it depends. Um, but no, I think um, there depends how evolved your your organization is. But I, I do think that there's definitely an opportunity to reset. And that, and that could happen in a myriad of ways between a sales and marketing team. Uh, I think that, you know, I think the sales and marketing alignment happens most, and this is debatable, but at the MQL to SLA uh, stage. So your marketing qualified lead to sales accepted so SA, sal sorry um conversion point and and the reason why is that you can have all these these mqls um but if they're you know if we're if there's a low percentage of conversion it's how do we optimize that how do we make it easier for your bdr team or your str team to to convert on on those so it could be that there's a new sla to focus if you're an inbound business we're primi primarily inbound most of our our revenue comes from inbound we're about 80 percent of our total revenue comes from from inbound uh, at proposify so it's understanding like how can how can we even just lock this process up even more to to just convert convert more um also the other thing is like what are what's our acv what's our average contract value what can we do to bring bring that up you know because it is a partnership between sales and marketing so uh, marketing needs to go out and try to find you know a, the bigger fish if your, your acv needs to be up but what is sales doing on their end um to help to help make that happen so it's having those consistent conversations and figuring out how can we just how can we do better in, in a time where demand is not as there are Buying cycles are, you know, are kind of taking longer. There's a lot more tire kickers in the process. So what can we do to protect the, the current revenue that we're, we're creating and really tighten that alignment between sales and marketing? There's three three main ways to grow. Like, I, and I can't remember what the chart's called, but it's either you bring on way more inbound or more leads. So it's really the top of final bringing more. So even if your conversion rate decreases, you know, over time during a recession, let's just say you started with a really great conversion rate of, you know, um, let's just say it's like 10% of all, all the leads that come in or 20%, depending on industry, it, it'll change. Maybe your conversion rate is 30%. And let's just say that decreases and all of a sudden it's, it's you know, 3% of all, all leads convert. It's maybe go from a five to a three. So one, the one way of growing is bringing way more in, but during a recession, that's hard because your, your budgets are probably going to decrease a bit. Um, or you can optimize the middle, so your operations, so you have better output. So that's really aligning core teams and, and working better operationally between your marketing and sales team. Or it's third, it's it's you know the output changes. So it's your 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 lever, your output lever changes where you're bringing in more leads um, and the output is greater. So your out ACV is much higher than we typically get, but that's probably not gonna happen in a recession either. So the, really the biggest opportunity is that is that middle part, like how do we build efficiency so we're moving faster, we're, we're optimizing what we have and uh, we're protecting the, you know, the leads that we're getting in and converting them at a, at a, greater, um, a, a greater efficiency. So I think that's the opportunity during during the recession.
also wants to pick up on a point that you mentioned earlier on the beginning of the conversation. Uh, I believe, uh, I don't know if I will rephrase you properly, but you kind of said, look, it, it depends to one of my questions because not all the industry will be impacted in the same way. So Absolutely. when you work across industry, so the point I want to make there is that doing volume is a great thing, but should you not actually focus more on an account-based type of approach and actually do a little bit less volume, but more targeting when the time are tough? Because I don't know, for example, it was probably not a great time to contact Airbnb or to contact the Hilton Group or to contact uh, American Airlines during COVID, right? Because they are shut down having issues. Would they want to buy a solution that is not solving the issue that they are facing right now? which is nobody coming into their, 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 their hotels or nobody flying, uh, probably not. Okay, so they probably all ends on deck trying to solve the issue that they've got at, at, at end. So would you would you use some sort of strategy, like more of an account-based type of approach and focusing really on the vertical you can help where you believe there is a capability to invest, but also a capability to really get a return on your solution? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. So if if you have already been seeing success with account-based strategies, I think doubling them down what's what's working is is key. So I think that if you're a an organization that has already started an account-based motion and you've seen some success, it's, and it's doubling down on that. I think that if you have not done that in the past for whatever reason, like for us, where we we were PLG, we added a SLG motion, so a sort of sales-led motion. Um, and so we're, we're quite not at the account-based phase right now. However, we are definitely considering, we are in some ways, but we are thinking about how do we make account-based more of a reality for Q1. And the reason is, is like to do it right, you really need to have that alignment with sales, number one. Two is to have a really a budget and understanding, okay, this is the budget we're going to carve out for this. This is the impact we're going to have on revenue. And some of that takes testing, um, specifically if you've never done it before within the organization or have done it but have not seen great results, um, then you, you need to kind of plan around it and under, understand, okay, what's what's the revenue for for and what will the impact look like? So that's really important to, to map out. But absolutely, I think that what I 100% agree on that you can do today without planning uh, is have a little bit of that account-based mindset, regardless of whether how sophisticated your account-based model is in your organization. And what I mean by that is if there's certain industries that are just not performing, it's probably not a great time to go and prospect those, those yeah. customers or market to them. But if, for example, energy is doing well, it's, it's, it's doing it's doing pretty well right now. So if you have, if you're in an industry or if you're at a, at a company where you sell to many industries, pick the ones that are doing well and double down on them um, and and do less of the ones that are, are not at this point. So, you know, certain sales tech isn't doing really well right now. There's, to your point, during COVID, there, was, there were many companies that were not uh, doing well, the, the travel and service industries. Um, so yeah. stay, stay away from those and, and focus on, as a team on the on the industries that are are not as affected by by a downturn. Uh, another thing that you mentioned, Nadia, is, is about the storytelling and and being able to well actually understand first of all the context of the people you are selling to. What's happening in your prospect organization? What does that mean for them? What does that mean for their team? And, yes. and then how do you use the stories to 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 communicate back to them? I just wanted to know if you've got any tactics or strategy to actually have that sort of. Uh, connection link with the sales team because I guess you will be very much reliant on your sales team to provide you with those feedback 
to be able to use that information and, and, and then package it into content, package it into blog posts and stuff like that. So is there a way or solution that you are using to go and collect that's probably the most important information, which is what's happening in the trenches? Yeah, we it's a bunch of different techniques that we do to help support business so what or the marketing department specifically um so we first we try to find out what the customer and who the what the customer is going through and who the customer is like so we have to find our icp but it's having those continual conversations as a marketing team so we not only so it's not getting the customer data directly only from the salespeople, but also marketing speaking directly to customers. And it was really interesting at Proposify because it was the first time where the CEO is all about this. Like I've worked at different organizations in many different categories. And it was the first time where the CEO was like, I want you to talk to the customers and I don't need, and, and you don't need to do anything, but just figure out the ones that you want to, you want to talk to spe specific to our ICP and to start booking meetings with them. So that was really awesome in a lot of ways because it gave me the freedom to have direct conversations with the customer to really try to understand what they're going through. And that helped me as a marketer to start positioning um, messaging and it's not really even positioning. It's just really creating great content that, that matters to them and, and that resonates with them. But we do also seek out sales feedback as well. Yeah. Um, and the easiest way that we do that is through, we, we use Gong. So Gong is a conversation tracking um, software. So we can figure out many different things. There's actual tra trackers and tags that you can put into the software to understand how much, you know, a certain marketing campaign came into conversations or um, how much recession came into a conversation or how much pricing all of a sudden came into um, a conversation. So, so you could start to understand the trends and if something is resonating or something is becoming more relevant to the customer experience. So that, that actually, I would say is much more helpful than having the direct conversation with sales because it's all automated. It's all data. And really the sales team is busy selling. So they, you know, even though we have a really great relationship at Proposify, the marketing and sales team, I don't want to be that marketer who's asking them for, you know, their, their, you know, opinion on certain things, even though I can't. So I just go right into Gong and I, and I can see some of that data there. So that, so I, I re really recommend using that tool, not only to understand that, but also understanding if certain content is resonating. And what I mean that by that is, for example, we started a new series called The Closing Show Live. And um, we we wanted to understand if if our customers or buyers were seeing that content. So we started to put in a tracker around that. And we're going to continue doing it on some of the, the, the Closing Show Live content that we're creating. So the, the, it's just a really great uh, way of understanding if a certain campaign or marketing initiative is is also resonating with buyers and, and prospects. Well, we love Gong. They're, they're actually sponsoring the podcast. So they're, they're helping us to, uh, to keep going, which is fantastic. Yeah, and a great solution to listen to conversation. And so, yeah, but absolute big advocate of, uh, of, of Gong.io. My last question, so we, 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 we very much focus on the, the creating new opportunities, creating new deals. I'd like to ask you one last question about retention and, and, and what marketing can do to retain existing clients because you know so it could good. go both ways where people need to cut stuff etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's, it's all good to want to get some new one but also protecting your existing one is very important and 
you probably have customer success. So, so there is a lot of people being involved already probably in that customer journey and making sure that they get the most out of your solution at Proposify. But I wanted to know from your perspective and from your marketing group, or, or even if you don't do it at Proposify, but you've done it in previous life, what can marketer, what can B2B marketer do to support retention? Yeah, that's a really great question and depends on the size of your marketing team, I think. Um, I think that if you have a larger marketing team, I think having a customer marketing team is amazing. So, you know, there's the Salesforce team probably has it and uh, I think Adobe definitely has it. And those are those are great because they could just focus on the retention part of the business. Um, but it's really about making, you know, the, their lives easier. So it's it's having content that resonates with customers, creating uh, advocacy uh, groups, so understanding what's what's happening there um, and just rewarding them for their partnerships. So whether that's through, um, you know, having events or um, having a digital event. So it's really just adding value. So how can I add value to the customer experience as a marketer? Um, that could be having customer awards. Like maybe this is a good time to start thinking about how we can do that or a community. So you can, there's a whole number of slew of, of softwares where you can create a community. So it's almost like a Facebook where all of your customers uh, live there and they can interact with each other. It does take a resource to get that going and continue continue um, the effort. But I think if you can start to think about how to build community and, and just rewarding your customers, I think that it's a, it's a good time to start thinking about yeah. that during the session. Um, and that helps that helps with retention. So it's working with your CS team on, on how, to, how to execute that. But it's such a great point. Um, one that I, I didn't go to directly just because we I Proposify, we're a very small marketing team. So we kind of do bits and pieces of everything. Um, and the customer marketing thing, admittedly, we're not super strong on today, um, but we definitely think about that and how we can be stronger tomorrow. Yeah, that makes sense. You, you mentioned a few solutions that can help with building communities. Do you, do you have any names to share uh, out of interest? Because I, I could be interested for myself about that because this is something we, yes. we, we've got in the plan for 2023. What's called Tribe Platform, so powered by Tribe. tribe. It's a great tribe name for a community platform. You know, we should have. It is a good, yeah. good name to come up with. You know, you want to create your tribe. That, that yeah, so we, we have a community called the Closer Circle. So we started it last year, and um, we, we have about we have about ten thousand customers, and about three thousand of them have have opted into being uh, in the, the platform, and we. Um, have tips and tricks. We offer, um, there's like a, a scoreboard. So people reach a certain score, they win swag. Um, we put in like problems that we are, we're currently facing, um, customers introduce themselves. So we, we like the platform. I'm not, I'm not a pro on which platforms are the best. I'm sure there could be certain ones that are out there, but this for the price and, um, for what it does, we we're happy with it. Yeah, no, it's, and it's great. You know, it's, it's, it's super useful for our audience because, I know that everybody would probably listen to what you say. Oh, there is a solution that can do it, uh, and um, and it's 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 always useful to have a name to get to get to get the things going to get the search going. Uh, I like the fact that you've got a little bit of uh, gamification with some swag as well. It's pretty cool. So yeah. So what I was saying is that we we have done a podcast with with Sam Jacobs, who is the CEO of Revenue Collective, so big uh, big sales and marketing uh, uh, platform and community, and we we good friends. So we I'm part of the CEO community and. It's kind of interesting because everybody wants to build a community, but nobody really knows 
where to start and how to do it. It's, it's such a big, big, big project. And it's complex as well, because as you said, it's about having resources that can keep it alive. You can't just create a community and have uh, uh, nothing in terms of what's in it for me as part of a member. So you, you, need, you need to create all that. And it's a, it's, it's a humongous amount of work that needs to be put in. But I think if you do it right, it could be probably one of the most rewarding techniques because we all know that referrals from one person to the other person are the, the, the highest closing deals. Um, you know, having, having people finding information, people speaking about and being part of that community, but you can't really get in. You know, it's, it's creating that, that sort of fear of missing out and everything is kind of an interesting concept. So we, we, we also are on the, on the journey at Operatics. Uh, we, we did it. But it was very physical, our community. So we used to meet with people and literally have food and drinks and go and catch up and make friends. And it was fantastic. But now it's, it's a bit more online. So we've got to adapt. And, and that's one of our big projects for 2023. So thanks for, mm. for, for sharing at least the name of the platform you are using, Nadia. Now, if everybody wants to carry on the conversation with you on what we've been speaking today around, you know, how those how do B2B marketing should add up when times are becoming a little bit tougher. But also, if anyone wants to engage with you uh, to discuss about Proposify and how Proposify could support them in, in accelerating their, their engagement rate with prospect, accelerating their, their sales cycles with prospect, what's the best way to get hold of you? Yes, yeah, so I'm like open to all discussion. So if you are looking for marketing, mentorship and you're just thinking or just wanted to connect with another marketer, um, you're having a challenge currently at your organization, happy to riff with you on some of that, uh, as well as if you're a sales team or operations and you are just trying to get more deals out the door and close more faster, uh, I'm happy to discuss Proposify as a solution. So you can reach me at um, on LinkedIn is the best way. Nadia Milani is my um, is my Elias is a page is like Nadia Milani on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to connect and carry the conversation. Good. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Nadia. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. So good to be here, Ray. It was such a great conversation and very contextually relevant. So I appreciate the chat. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. This podcast is sponsored by Gong. Gong empowers your entire go-to-market organization by operationalizing your most valuable asset, your customer interactions. Transform your organization into a revenue machine by unlocking reality and helping your people reach their full potential. Get started now at gong.io.